0: Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911.
1: Good morning, Jesus 911. Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Ruben Nava, Jesse Romero, Two Man Car, Soul Patrol. Jesse, good morning. Four days after the Spiritual Warfare Conference and, uh, the, uh, People are still talking about it, Ruben. Oh, there, of course.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of chatter about it, about uh, how how important it was, the way people's faith was built up. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, I'll just, you know, be, between us and our audience, uh, Father Ripperger loved coming to Southern California for all of you guys that live out there. Uh, he's uh, <laughs> He had the highest compliments for this conference. Uh, he says, I've never felt... He says, <clears throat> so comfortable. Uh, he says, I love this group called the, you know, the St. Michael's Shield. It was professional. The hospitality was incredible. Uh, the way, uh, you know, the, the before conference get together. Father Ripperger and Kyle Clemen were super impressed and absolutely loved every second being with you guys in southern california.
1: Oh, that's great. It you know, it was so good to to have that that uh time with him. Like you said the, the Oh,
2: you spent a lot of time with him. You did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And that association, you know, and 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 getting around someone of his stature uh and what he's doing for for the church and for for people who are afflicted and uh just amazing just amazing weekend. I was so uh, honored to be part of it and um you know, I we, we've gotten some some uh, compliments on on how how safe everybody felt there. With uh, you know, I brought a gang of guys out there to you sure did <laughs> take care of everybody.
2: Yeah, you, you you guys were ready for BLM and Antifa, for that's for sure. <laughs>
1: yep, we were ready.
2: Yep. Hey, well, so let's go, Brubin. You're 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 a football guy, so I'm going to let you introduce this article yeah. and talk about it. Go ahead, jump. All in. righty.
1: Well, this is uh the article is called "God Is Good," and then this is Amen. regarding a Cincinnati Bengals. Their field goal kicker Evan McPherson, and um, they uh, they just advanced to the Super Bowl. The Bengals did, you know, this last week. Uh, this kicker, who he he with his game winning kick, he sent them into their uh, first Super Bowl since 1988. So it's a big deal for Ohio fans. And um, so this was a a, a hard fought game. You know, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he had shown his resiliency the week before against Buffalo and how he brought them back with 13 seconds left to tie the score and win it in overtime and they most people when they saw this game they were thinking the same thing is happening and um they drove down the field and uh they got inside the the 5-yard line but uh the chief, the Bengals the defense was resilient and held them to a field goal so they went to extra time and again the Chiefs won the flip so they had the ball first they go down the field and uh, um, uh, unfortunately, well, I said fortunately, fortunately for I guess for the Bengal fans, uh, Mahomes threw an interception and it led the Bengals down the field and to the eventual winning field goal. Which this young man, uh, he's a Christian, he wears his faith on his sleeve. He's he says, uh, you know, that his defense had been playing good all day. Um, and then you know, the way that it turned out, he he was hoping that that it w- he wouldn't have to come to a kick, but uh, he was ready for it. In fact, this this young man is uh has was four for four on Sunday and he's now twelve for twelve in the playoffs and his twelve field goals this postseason are a Bengal team record, puts him just too shy of Adam Vinatieri, who's a, a New England Patriot back then, who had fourteen in two thousand six. And uh he's also kicked fifty uh twelve field goals over fifty uh yards or more, which is a, which is a regular season record. And um uh, but he he uh he goes in and he talks about uh, his faith in this article. He he ta- that yeah, you know, Ruben. That's what I really like yeah. about him. He yeah. I, he yeah. In, in the in the post um, game interview, he's got a T-shirt that says "God is good" printed across his chest, <laughs> and then he's uh, he's also he wrote uh to God be the glory in the in a, in a caption that he he had posted before
2: that's a total Catholic phrase by the by the way in yeah. Latin it goes the saints say ad majorum de gloriam that's yeah, an that's... old Catholic way of praising God
1: right and on good good point John 316 he has a, a which reads for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son who or whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life that's the most popular saying. Uh, I, I think in the Bible, and yeah, it is, and, yeah, absolutely. In, in a lot of football games, you see people posting signs like that. But leading up to Sunday's game, he referenced uh, Deuteronomy twenty-four, twenty verse four, which says, "For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victory." So this young man is—he uh, knows where he's going, and he knows where he's come from, and he's—you uh, y- y- know. His his parents are nervous when he goes out there, and you know what what, what I loved about his parents is that they don't they don't pray that he's going to make the field goal. They just say they pray that he they, that the pressure is off him and let them take the pressure from him. So it, it's it's kind of like a Catholic thing where you you know you're joining your sufferings to the, that of Christ. You're it, it's um you're asking for to to bring a, you know doing penance basically for, for your loved ones. And, um, you know, I, I just, I really admire athletes who, who don't shy away from, uh, uh, sharing their faith and, and, you know, not to be outdone Jesse, but I I have to throw this in there because I'm a Rams fan and we too have uh, a player that is similar to, well, talk about him. Yeah. Cooper cup, the best receiver in football right now. ah. Hooper okay. Cup. He did. Uh, you know, he just he just surpassed the NFL record um, for two thousand yards in a season. He, wow. He he's he won the triple crown in receiving, which the number of receptions, one hundred forty-five receptions in the regular season. He had nineteen hundred forty-seven receiving yards and sixteen touch and and sixteen um, touchdowns. So he led the the league in every category, which the first time in years since that happened, and then. Since the playoffs started, he's he's also caught twenty five passes for three sixty eight yards and three and 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 four touchdowns. So, he's like tearing it up. But this is what what's really impressive. And you know, I knew before I even read this article that he was a Christian. But based on the way he carries himself, the way he t- he comes across on the on the uh, interviews, and you know, he 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 said that um, he had he wore a hat um, recently on a apparel line that he has, and says. It says across the top it says, Do it to get a crown that will last forever. Oh, that's right from the New Testament. The phrase is a reference to First Corinthians nine twenty-five. Uh, quote, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. See, I love that. And then uh and then another on another incident, he was uh, he was citing Proverbs sixteen nine, which says the verse that was on his mind was the heart of a man chooses his path, but the Lord establishes his steps. He said, I, I, it just, he said, it just gave him so much freedom to go out there and play free, give everything he had and know the results rested in, in, in God. You know, I think Ruben,
2: that, huh. Ruben you know what, uh, what you're saying right now, uh, you know, the left, they went crazy because they, they want people of faith to keep their mouth shut. And God blessed this guy for being open and wearing his faith in his sleeve. Mm-hmm. But uh he's quoting a lot of scripture verses, puts them on his on his on his apparel. I love that. I love that. Yep. He's a walking billboard for the word of God. Which 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 uh kind of reminds me uh Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who just retired after, you know, from from being an academic, he just says he can't he can't live he can't work in that environment any longer. It just it's just gone too crazy left. Yeah. But he said the other day, he was on with Joe Rogan, and he said, again, talking about the Bible, he says, there is no other book like the Bible. Mm. He said, the Bible is the precondition for the manifestation of truth in Western civilization. So more and more, Dr. Jordan Peterson, is, is there's a lot more God talk. Uh, and so again, you know, I'm just, you know, Dr. Jordan Peterson, this athlete we're talking about. uh the times that we're living in right now, Ruben, are are making people really make a decision as what side are you on? Are you on the side of, you know, goodness, beauty and truth in God? Or are you on the side of anarchy? And it's good to see NFL players of this stature and uh, college academics like Dr. Jordan Peterson, people of that stature, coming out and uh, and having God on their lips, in their heart and on their sleeve.
1: Absolutely. You know, uh, this is... 2019, or 2019, the, the Rams made the Super Bowl against the the Patriots, and and Cooper Cup had injured himself that season, and in, in the middle of the season with a torn ACL in week ten, so it means he had to watch the the Rams lose 13 to three. He definitely could have made a difference, but uh, he said that in his rehab process, which it forced him to lean into his relationship with God, gave him a greater appreciation for the system he had around him and and that's i love that that he's you know he's the gratitude that he shows you know because he had he 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 compliments his teammates his coaching staff the training staff and the strength staff the, all those people he had around him that he he just give glory to god that those those people were placed in his life and uh how, how, we could learn so much from 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 just that statement of being gratitude grateful for what we have just have that attitude of gratitude and uh Uh, you know i take my hat off to these guys you know they're not they're not buying into that cancel culture and and you know all the woke mentality these these people know where they're where they're going and uh who they're playing for you know that they're playing for like he says the the real crown
2: yep the crown uh that you get when you enter eternal life yeah he gets it ruben he gets it uh and by the way you know i'm going to tip my hat off to you i think you could have I heard that you had quite a kicking leg when you were younger. I never saw you play soccer, but I heard that you could uh, that you could really kick that ball, and uh, you had the size, Ruben, to 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 be in the NFL, especially when you were younger. Yeah. I, I could I could see you in the field twenty years ago as 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 a kicker. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I I had a lot of weight training behind me, so I didn't want to blow that ball up if I kicked it too hard. <laughs> Jesus nine one one. Up next, we're going to talk about
2: a doctor who's uh, calling on employers to reinstate their unvaccinated workers.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151.
1: We are back, Jesus 911, segment two. <clears throat> we, uh, we've got an article about a, a doctor who, this is not just some ordinary doctor. This guy comes from one of the, the, one of the highest uh, university schools of medicine at John Hopkins University. This is Dr. Marty McCary, and he's saying that he's calling on employers to reinstate unvaccinated workers and apologize for firing them. And uh, he says by, you know, by firing the staff with natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others. That's what he's contending. And he says the studies are bearing this out. <clears throat> um, you know, he wrote an article in The Wall Street Journal. So um, uh, I'm surprised that they didn't cancel him on that. But he, he's because he's, it's it's not what uh, the mainstream uh, media is purporting. They, they're all pushing the jab, but he, he maintains that employees lost their jobs for refusing the jab and they were fired unjustly. Um, what, a, what a courageous uh, professor, doctor, mm-hmm. to,
2: because, again, he's speaking out, Ruben, against the entire machine apparatus. Yeah. But again, this guy has uh, this guy has gravitas. I mean, this guy's got weight. Dr. Marty McCary. Professor at John Hopkins University School of Medical Medicine. And he wrote this article in the Wall Street Journal. This guy's no lightweight. And, Ruben, this guy's a voice of the common people because the common folks, the hoi polloi, the rank and file, that's exactly what we say, just based on natural law. Reinstate those unvaccinated workers and apologize for firing them. A lot of us have been saying this for months. But now we have somebody of this guy's medical weight and gravitas that's saying what the people, the voice of the people have been saying out for months.
1: Yeah, he's saying after two years of accruing data, the superiority of natural immunity over vaccination is clear. By firing staff with natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others. And uh, he said they looked at 295 people with natural immunity they were not vaccinated. And we found that the immunity was strong nearly two years out from the infection. Wow. Y- you, these vaccines don't even work for <laughs> six months. You know, uh, they, the CDC just said that the, the Omicron, the the booster doesn't do anything for Omicron. So wasting, waste of time, you know. So oh. he said it's now a settled science, a settled science. Na- <laughs> natural immunity is durable and effective for as long as the infection's been around.
2: <clears throat> Ruben, he, he, he's just repeating what the data has been saying for 40 years when medicine wasn't politicized. But now because it's politicized and you've got medical dictators that are beholding the big billionaires and big pharma. Uh, and so now uh, people are saying, oh, no, I think it's only good. If, you know, uh, natural immunity is only good for three weeks or one month. Baloney. Dr. McCary is saying, again, this is settled science that they've, they've known this for decades and decades. And like he said right now, uh, natural immunity is durable and effective for as long as the infection's been around. Yeah. Uh, he, he, well, let me see. He also said, and I'm glad he did this, he's calling the political and medical leaders, he's asking them to apologize.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Biden and Fauci and, and, and Klaus Schwab and others. Oh, people, uh, if you've been fired, this doctor's saying our government and our medical experts, not only sh- do they have to reinstate you and, 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 and do the right thing, pay you back pay, but they you deserve an apology.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. <clears throat> he's also he's also accused the government of modern day McCarthyism because of the covid policies, maintaining that some of the, the policies were too extreme, too rigid and no longer driven by clinical data. Uh, you know, he says how many times and in a tweet, he says, how many times was was natural immunity d- denied by experts and how many fired nurses, police officers, firefighters, Marines, et cetera, whose natural immunity was superior to the vaccinated deserved to be reinstated. So this is just it's sad that uh, tens of thousands of Americans, Americans lost their job and livelihood um, about the uh, the antibodies circulating in their blood and, and the antibodies, that the government the government doesn't recognize. So I think uh, they need to uh, take a look at this and, and go back and, and do the right thing.
2: Oh, Ruben, uh, Biden and Fauci, hey, they're <clears throat> baptized Catholics. They deserve these people a serious three times in the chest with your fist. Mia culpa, Mia culpa, Mia maxima culpa. These guys have destroyed a lot of people's lives and they've hurt a lot of people uh, because they were following politics and not science.
1: Yeah, Jess. And, uh, you know, they're, they're firing uh, the government has lost all credibility in my book because they, they're, oh, yeah. they're firing nurses with natural immunity so that vaxxed COVID positive nurses, they work double shifts. The stuff, it's infuriating. And, and, and I just found out about a, a friend of mine who was fired. She was a nurse. Oh, I knew she was fired, but but she filed a lawsuit against Altamed and it made Fox News. Um, ultimate, uh, I just want to uh, give, give her props for standing up for herself. Um, they're being sued by one of its former nurses who alleges she was wrongfully fired in 2021 because the Catholic plaintiff object objected to a job requirement that she be vaccinated against the coronavirus. Janet Lopez, uh, who I know well, and, uh, her sister, uh, they're the traditional Catholics. They also maintain, she offered to be tested. She offered to be tested every day to, in order to keep her job. Uh, and so the, the the lawsuit alleges that she was wrongful termination, religious creed discrimination, failure to prevent discrimination and retaliation. She was raised Catholic and a practitioner of that faith. She believes she is barred from taking any of the COVID vaccines because they use the cell lines derived from aborted fetal aborted children. The suit states and and then also Jenna was she, she had COVID in April 2020. And, and she believes she now has natural immunity to the virus. And in her lawsuit, Jesse, uh, she proved that she, you know, she, aside from from, uh, uh, so she sought a religious exemption, but the, she was told that the company would not be offering that. And she was advised to be vaccinated by the next month or be fired. And so she complained to management during that same period, and saw children. Listen, this, this is huge. She saw children coming into the clinic with post-vaccination side effects that were cited by their parents, including chest pain, the suit states. However, Lopez alleges doctors were deliberately not reporting those side effects to the vaccine adverse event reporting system. And um, she, she also, uh, she, like I said earlier, she was willing to get tested every day. She also sent the company a copy of her antigen test, which showed she already had very high antibodies to the virus because she had the disease earlier. And uh, you know, kudos to to Janet for fire, fighting for herself and for other nurses. Let's, let's see what uh, I hope uh, Ultimate has to pay a gang of money to her because uh, it's it's traumatizing to 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 lose the profession you studied for. You know, to to be taken out and uh, enable yeah. your your you to to create a living and pay for your you know your rent.
2: yeah, Ruben. That's why personally. I I I wouldn't I would not stand in judgment of anybody, especially a young person that got the jab. Yeah, uh, you know it's easy for me. I live in Arizona. I'm I, I'm retired. I I I got my own business. Uh, I I work when I want. I don't work when I want. I I'm, I'm in control of my own destiny and finances. It's easy for me to say I'm not going to get the jab because, uh, I'm in a very 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 good spot, very good position. But a young person in New York, California, some of these other states, lockdown states are 20 2030, having children, babies at home, uh, they're going to school, uh, they've got a good job with the county, the city, the federal government. Uh, again, th- this is gut-wrenching to me, Ruben, what, what, what they have to go through. There's no reason for them to go through this because yeah. if they get uh, if, if they get the one of the viruses, uh, 99.9% of them are going to live, and they'll have natural immunity. There's no reason to drag people through the coals like this. This is all unnecessary, and somebody's going to pay for this, Ruben, if not in this life, then the next.
1: It's, it's, it's demonic, Jesse, that to, to put people through this and uh, disrupt their life and their families, and, and, and then not to mention what they're doing to the children, you know, the, the masked up. You know, at the last game at the at the Ram Stadium against the, the uh, 49ers, there was a picture circulating with Magic Johnson, with Governor Newsom and Mayor, uh, whatever his name is. I'm, I'm I, I, I forgot his name already because he's not in. I don't, he's I, so I, irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. But they're they're in in the you know, uh, in the, the suites with a bunch of people around them, No masks on yet. Our kids are masked up in school over here. Uh, and, and not only
2: that, Ruben, no masks around a, a guy that's had AIDS for like 25 years. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, nah, he's had I, HIV. He's not. Oh, not uh, OK. AIDS,
2: OK. But... Hey, all right. I don't know about you, but I I, I yeah. personally yeah. would be uncomfortable hobnobbing and rubbing elbows with somebody with HIV. I would. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, maybe I'm overthinking this, but uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there.
1: Yeah. It just goes to so, show you that, uh, you know, someone with a lot of money can pay for the best medicine. And uh, he's. He's healthier now than he was when, when it came out in 19 whatever 92 or something.
2: He could probably go back and play basketball, he's so healthy. <laughs> hey, let me just mention something that's uh that's uh it's co- correlates to what we're talking about here. Somebody just sent me it's on my phone. Uh it's a Fox News update. It says Arizona bill will force employers to compensate workers fired for refusing vaccine. Nice. So this is good news you got uh Arizona state representative Steve Kaiser who just submitted a bill here in Arizona and the bill is to is is again it's a bill that will force employers in Arizona to compensate workers who are fired for refusing the vaccine so it's working its way up through the system right now but at least the conversation got started
1: that's right that's right so um yeah i think there, a study came out um, the other day where it showed that 70% of Americans are just ready to move on. To say, let's just live with this COVID. Even
2: the liberals are saying, that yeah. even, even uh, Bill Maher is saying, yeah. let's get over Let's move on from this. Let's yeah. put this behind us. Bill Maher is fed up with this, Ruben. He's about
1: as left as you can get. Yep, he sure is. And, uh, I, and so uh, 30%, you know, of course, those are the Karens that they just want to you know, stay locked up and be scared the rest of their life and uh, and not not live. Um, it, it's, you know... Yeah, it's, it's your right to do so. If you want to
2: stay locked up in your house yeah, for the rest of your life make, with a mask on, yeah. go ahead, knock yourself out. Yeah,
1: but don't make every one of us <laughs> do it, you know? I, I've told people myself, hey, you got your mask. They're like, hey, where's your mask? I was like, well, you got your mask on. You, you If it works, then you should be fine. Don't worry about what I'm doing, you know? And now I, I say, hey, man, I've had... I've had uh, the Rona, the China, the China. I, I've had the Rona, right? <laughs> so um, I've got my antibodies, so I can't pass it to you. So it's it. It's amazing uh, what this this country has been so divided by this, this, this jab that was sent over here from China. And <laughs> which, by the way, you can see that that's a sign
2: that this has the fingerprints of Satan all over it, because Satan is all about division and so that's on a spiritual level, this shows that all of this is happening. These this lockdowns, these medical dictators, this uh, all of this, Ruben, has the fingerprints of Satan behind it.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And uh, I didn't I didn't get a chance to hear any of the uh, well, I didn't hear the full conference this weekend, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the, the videos. But uh, did I don't know, I was wondering. How can people how can people order them, Ruben? Oh, go to the AMPR. Call, uh, call the NPR and, um, and uh, get your copy. Right. You're going to want to hear them. We're going to talk about the sacrament of baptism next.
2: The new one and the old one.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency dial
1: 888-526-2151. Jesus 911. We're Iron Sharpens Iron. One man sharpens another and uh we're coming we're going to bring you an article by the I say the great Dr. Peter Kwasniewski. We've had him on the show. He's a friend of Oh us. yeah,
2: yeah. And R- his, Ruben my, he's 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 the he's the best uh Catholic apologist when it comes to anything re- re- regarding the Latin Mass or the or traditional catholicism. He what what Carl Keating was to catholic answers, <laughs> Dr. Peter kwasniewski is to all things tradition. I, he, I he, he's the go-to guy.
1: That's a good analogy. That's a yeah. that's great. Yeah. Go ahead, just Oh, it. by the
2: way, by, by the way, he, he works for uh, Dr. Scott Hahn. He's he's part of the St. Paul Institute. Ah. He works Yeah, Dr. Scott Hahn has a bunch of scholars that work in his think tank of biblical studies. Uh, Dr. Kaznouski is part of the think tank of the Saint Paul Center.
1: So, oh, nice.
2: Yeah, him and Scott Hunter are very, very good friends. So <clears throat>
1: they look alike a little bit, don't they? The same. Yeah, beard. you know,
2: there's a sim. Yeah, there's a similarity. Yeah. Okay, so let me just. The, the article talks about the old rite of baptism, pre 1965, and the new rite of baptism. Dr. Kaznouski gives some of his reflections. He's a theologian, a, a masterful theologian. And then he, he interviews four different priests, and he asks them the question, essentially, do do people, did people lack something or miss something, by not being baptized in the old rites? So this is what the article is about. It's it's very thought provoking, uh, and uh, I, I I think it's just uh, something that this audience will just you guys will just eat this up. So he writes. Now that more and more Catholics are becoming aware of the many differences between the traditional rite of baptism that the church used for well over a thousand years and its efficient, community-friendly, exorcism-free replacement at the hands of Paul VI, devout men and women have much reason to lament benefits of which they, they or their children were deprived. Again, so he's juxtaposing the language in the sacrament of baptism in both forms. Mm-hmm. He says, undoubtedly the essence of the sacrament is met with in either form. But immer- by immersion in water or the pouring of water over the head in the name of the Most Holy Trinity, the one the one being baptized descends with Christ into His redemptive death and cleansed of all sin, rises again with Him to the new life of grace as the Son of God. This is the core mystery of the sacrament and it could never be lacking in the church. So Dr. Kwasniewski is saying, this is what, uh, this is what metaphysically happens in both rites. When a priest says the prayers of baptism, uh, the person becomes a new creation,
1: mm-hmm.
2: without a doubt. In both rites, without a doubt. Right. But he's going to get into some nuances here. Yeah. Then I'll tur- let me do this one sentence. I'll turn it over to Ruben. As we know, if anyone's in danger of death, and for an adult, there's a willingness to receive baptism. He should be baptized immediately by anyone who is there to say the words and pour the water. This is called simple baptism. A cop can do that. A nurse can do that. Anybody can do that if you see somebody dying.
1: And I did it. In, I did it on duty.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know you've done it. I've done it once as well. Uh, I know most cops probably, if you stay long enough, you'll do it once in your once in your career if you're a practicing Catholic. Right. Saint Thomas Aquinas explains that the most necessary sacrament should also be the one that is easiest to supply at any time by anyone. Reuben.
1: Yeah. Also, um, St. Thomas gives a voice to the entire tradition when he states that baptism, though it could be done very simple, simply, in a case of emergency, should normally be done with solemnity and all accompanying ceremonies. And in his uh, Summa Theologica, he said, uh, nevertheless, um, is written to as compact as possible, but he says, nevertheless, devotes an entire question to the ceremonies that go with baptism above all, the, above all the exorcisms. He sees them as having a great importance for the obvious reason that apart from the Virgin Mary and her son, every child conceived and brought forth into this fallen world is, in fact, under the dominion of the devil and needs to be delivered from it.
2: That's an unpopular statement right now, Ruben. To say that a child when you t- oh the baby's so cute. When are you going to get him baptized? Oh, maybe when he. I don't know. I'll, make, I'll, let, I'll let him make his own decision. Don't you know he's a child of the devil? What? What are you talking about, Jesse? How dare you? You you crazy, nutty, traditional Catholic? He's not a child of the devil. He's so cute. He's my son. Nope. He's in the dominion of the devil. Most Catholics don't know this, Ruben, mm-hmm. and that's why they take years to baptize your kid, or they'll say something dumb like. Well, you know, I'll let him make up his mind when he's 18.
1: <laughs> wow.
2: Go ahead, Ruben. So, I, I just had
1: a meltdown right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Professor Thomas Pink has written extensively about the church's traditional faith in regard to the real battle between the devil's kingdom and Christ's, and the contrasting tendency of today's official theology to ignore the this unpleasant subject completely. The preferential option for naivete... Uh, that has entered into the very liturgy of the Church, as Pink demonstrates by a comparison of the old and the new rites of baptism. You see, he goes on to say, The liturgical reform operated with fortunate inconsistency on the basis of a Protestant modernist theory of liturgy as salvation, a theater that demonstrates what Christ has already done, not what he is doing here and now. It is, in any event, shocking to discover that a major part of the prayer life of the Church— stretching back to, into antiquity was literally crossed out of the pages of her liturgical books. That That's, that's saying that's powerful. What he, you know, he just said, and, and, and it's a true statement. Let's
2: just be honest. I know this is painful, but six Protestant ministers were invited as advisors by Annabelle Bonini to Vatican two, and they consulted with them. Uh, I know on liturgy, I don't know on what other issues, but, uh, and so what Dr. Krasniewski's are saying there, that this is a true statement here.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Let, me, let me do the next. Yeah. The next paragraph says, In sum, the centuries-old Latin rite of baptism expresses the church's fully developed faith with a clarity that cannot be surpassed and shows a manifest intention to enact all that it signifies. The new rite of baptism expresses a truncated understanding of faith, which, while not mangled enough to undermine validity, deprives the one being baptized of a certain fullness and the effects of baptism sought by the church. B. Deprives the one baptizing of the full realization of what he is doing and why. And C. Deprives the circumstances, the others who are present, of a solitary reminder of the ongoing cosmic battle between good and evil, in which baptism is the moment of separating light from darkness, when a child of Adam is torn from the ranks of the devil, and his name is inscribed in the book of life. Now, powerful words there. Thus... With the new rite of baptism, everyone suffers a loss of graces that Christ willed them to have when he providentially guided his church in the development of her liturgical rites. Families in which the first few children were baptized in the new rite and the younger children in the old rite or couples in mixed marriages, <laughs> if I might use that expression metaphorically, in which a traditional Catholic spouse and a Novus Ordo spouse compares notes and the latter comes to realize how much he has missed out on, may find it quite natural to ask the question, is it possible to have a priest supply at a later date the missing parts of the old rite of baptism? And this is where we're going to get to. This is kind of the meat of the article where four priests answer this question. Uh, Because a lot of people have asked this question. Here's a hypothetical scenario. My wife and I were baptized in the new rite, as well as my oldest daughter and son. My two younger daughters were baptized in the traditional rite. Do you know whether it's possible legitimate to get the exorcisms since they were never done? I don't want to do anything that would be spiritually harmful, but I'm concerned about the fact that some of us didn't have the benefits of the old rite like me, by the way. I want to take like Reuben. I want to take uh, uh, every precaution to defend my family against preternatural attacks. On the non-Catholic side of my family, there's a lot of Freemasonry. Regardless we have had the benefit of the old rite of the old rite exorcisms. Any advice you might be able to offer would be much appreciated. So that's where these four priests come in, Ruben.
1: Yeah. And there's, there was another lady who wrote to him, says this, you know, similar. He says, she says, my husband and I were wondering about the extraordinary form baptismal rite w- with this blessings of the of the tongue and the three exorcisms. Because in the old rite, they put salt on the tongue and they, they, they exercise the three exorcisms are done. Um, we were not baptized in the, uh, extraordinary form and would like to know if you've ever heard of someone requesting those rights to be supplied. We did baptize our last three children according to the extraordinary form, but the the first four are not. And so in addition to ourselves, we'd really like to receive those missing rights. We'd be thankful for any advice on this topic. And, uh, there was some, another document that came out from the Vatican, Jesse, where they, uh, after traditionus custodis were they're going to uh make it so that priests can't use the old rites it has they, they they want all the sacraments to be done in the new rites and uh so um if you want your you're gonna have to kind of do it on the down low if uh if you're gonna have your priest do it in the old right and uh, i think uh I think that's uh that would be a smart thing to do to 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 make sure you get it done in the old right, so she he goes on and says as, as, as this question about supplying ceremonies will doubtless be on the minds of more and more woke Catholics. I decided to bring it to four traditional Catholic priests of my acquaintance, all of whom celebrate the Usus Anticor uh exclusively that's the old mass. Their answers given at, in, independently are in harmony with one another and express what might be called the voice of supernatural common sense. I will give you the responses consecutively.
2: Let's do the first one before the next segment. Number The first priest says, This is an unusual request. I suspect it arises from there being a provision for infants who receive the attendant ceremonies of baptism after already be having been baptized because they were in danger of dying. I don't know if anyone has sought any official response from Rome, so my response is just my opinion. I would argue that the inquirer's situation is not comparable to a case of emergency In the latter case, a moral unity still exists between the baptism itself and the ceremonies, even though though these are conferred some little time afterwards. Also, such a child would have received none of the ceremonials, that is, oil of catechumens, chrism, candle, garment, whereas someone in the inquirer situation would have received all of these except for the prayers of exorcism. It's worth noting that the prayers of exorcism confer with a fuller signification an effect contained in the sacrament of baptism itself, namely, incorporation into the mystical body, which consequently removes one from the devil's dominion, in somewhat the way minor orders are contained in holy orders, such that the one being ordained has no, has no absolute need to receive minor orders or tonsure, but can be ordained straight away. It's obviously more fitting that exorcisms precede baptism and that minor orders precede diaconate. I'll comment on that on the next segment.
1: Okay. Jesus 911, don't change that dial. We'll be right back.
0: Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888. 888- Five two six two one five
1: one. Jesus nine one one. We are back to my car talking Ruben, about, let's go let's
2: gospel. go through the yeah, let's go through these priests uh, their okay. theological statements, then we'll make our own comments because I uh, I want to take what they say, then I'm gonna say my own comment as well. Okay. So the second priest says about comparing both baptisms, the old rite the new rite, the, the prayers of exorcism. The second priest says, The ceremonies of the old rite cannot be supplied to someone baptized in the new ritual. Because the supplying of ceremonies implies that something was incomplete in the rite that was actually used. Now the new rite, as anemic as it is, it means, it means you know, sickly, okay, yeah. is complete but here's my position. The, the second priest is exactly says what I was going to say after. The new rite, as anemic as it is, why is it anemic? because the languages have been truncated, it's been redacted. That's what makes it anemic, is complete in itself as far as what is specified by the church to be done. So there are no ceremonies left to supply it. There is instead a fully enacted but impoverished right that should someday be either revised or retired. Absolutely. In other words, what's baptism meant to do? Here's Jesse Romero. It's meant to snatch you from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of Christ. Both rites do that. Mm-hmm. One right does it with more precision, with more pomp and circumstance, and it does it, I think, in a manner that glorifies God more. But both rites, as anemic as this, the right that I baptize under. It snatches you from the kingdom of Satan into the kingdom of Christ, you're a son of God. This priest says, put it this way. In essence and in practice, the two forms of baptism are different rites. Just as we don't go looking at the Mozarabic rite to see what we have missed out on and ask a priest to supply it, so a Catholic baptized in the new rite should look at the traditional Roman rite and ask what he missed out on. Remember, this is my comment, there's 22 rites in the Eastern Church. So are you going to say, Oh, well, the Eastern baptisms are more New Testament or more Jerusalem than ours. Well, then we should get baptized in the, in the Eastern rite. No. Whatever rite you got baptized in, the person who baptized you, that priest, did it in persona Christi. Christ snatched you out of Satan's kingdom and into his kingdom. And you got 22 rites of the Eastern rite to do that under and two forms of the Latin rite. The priest says, rather he should use it, he should use his knowledge... To seek out old right baptism for his own children and to encourage his family and friends to do the same. Yeah. All, all things being equal, uh, if you have the opportunity, uh yeah. if I if I could go back sixty years, I would say, Mom, Dad, baptize me under the old right, but I can't do that, so it's water under a bridge. Te- Ruben, go ahead.
1: Yeah. But but you and I have been baptized in the old right, right? Right? Because we were born in the early sixties. Vatican II had hadn't even it,
2: uh, Oh, it, oh it, yeah. That's no, you know what? Yeah, I don't even know what how I was baptized. I may have been baptized under the old right. You're right, Ruben, because I was baptized in 61. Yeah, I don't. Ya somos viejos,
1: Jesse. We're, all, we're Yeah, old that's old.
2: right. You're, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're right because the new rights, the new rights weren't uh modified till actually the, the books like 1970. Actually, it was 1970 where they were modified. So now that I think about it, I, I probably was baptized under the old right. Of course, because. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're okay. Go ahead, Rune.
1: unless you were baptized when you were ten. No, no,
2: no, no. Okay. I was baptized like within, yeah, <laughs> yeah. within about three, or three no. weeks or something. Like Your
1: that. parents wouldn't let that happen. No. Uh, third priest says my inclination would be to say no, that you can't go back and have those other uh, things that were missing uh, provided to you. He says providing all the ceremonies and prayers that accompany ordinary baptism, apart from baptism itself, is foreseen when the b- baptism was administered in the case of emergency and the person recovered or lived. It's called supplying the rites or ceremonies, which includes the exorcism prayers in the old form. In fact, in the old days, when a baptized Protestant converted, he would be supplied the ceremonies of baptism, even if he previously received valid baptism. Uh, You know, so I know that uh, in certain, the higher Protestants, when they come into the church, uh, if they could prove their baptism, then, you know, in the RCIA, they come in, they 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 could uh, have it they uh, may they may not need baptism and a lot of times they give it to them conditionally when they come in just not knowing if it it has been done properly so um uh, you can only be baptized once it doesn't matter if it's in in a, in a protestant way in a catholic way uh as long as it was done the way in the in, Name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, it would seem strange to attempt to supply the rites of the old form when a person had, in fact, received the sacrament validly, according to the the revised liturgical books. And he says, I I do understand the desire of the person who asks. It's an uh, expression for what we missed out on. So, for example, I admire and deeply love the old rite of ordination, and and I wish I had been ordained in the, the old form, but I can't go and ask a bishop to give me all the extra. Prayers and ceremonies. My ordination was valid. Uh, despite being having missed out, I must accept this and move forward, promoting a return to the old rite as much as lies in my power, but I can't ask for traditional prayer surrounding the sacraments I received validly. I would reassure the person of the validity of their baptism and so of their being united to Christ. If they are in a state of grace and not mortal sin, they have all the power of God at their disposal to combat evil I don't know any other prayers of explicit exorcism that a priest could say over them, other than the formal rite of exorcism itself, which it doesn't sound like they need. And he, he goes on. To say, I would. Uh, this is, I think, Doctor Peter says. I would encourage all the faithful to pray for from time to time the full and original prayer of Pope Leo against Satan. This is not the version with the exorcisms, which is reserved to exorcists. It's just a lengthier version of the more familiar sh- short form. Form said after low mass the 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 prayer the Saint Michael prayer that we all know.
2: Here's what I would tell people that are becoming scrupulous about this, saying, "Oh no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I wasn't baptized under the old rite. I was baptized under the new rite, and I miss these prayers of exorcism being prayed over me." I would just say, tell you to pray the Exilium Christianorum prayers every evening before you go to bed for the rest of your life, because what you're doing those are minor exorcism prayers. And you have full authority in relation to yourself because you are you uh, to drive out demons from your person, from any articles you possess, from your house, uh, or any demons that may be harassing you. You have 100% authority to drive demons out in relation to yourself. But the language you must use has to be precise language. And so I would recommend that anybody that's scrupulous about this issue, make sure that you incorporate the Auxilium Oran prayers written by Father Chad Ripperger and four other exorcists who I know. Uh, I would say those prayers, it takes five minutes every night for the rest of my life.
1: Okay, fourth priest, Jess, go ahead.
2: It's important to emphasize that they do not need to have this done. They have received all the graces of baptism. They may best ward off the evil by one frequent confession and communion. Fervent devotion to the sacred heart, especially enthronement to the sacred heart in the home, the rosary, epiphany water, etc. I agree with that. That's a solid solid spiritual advice right there. Now Father, I mean uh, Dr. Krasniewski says the reasoning of these priests all four of them is entirely sound and their advice good. We should not fret about things we didn't have access to in the past. That's exactly what I just said. Don't, yeah. But rather resolve to use the well to, to use well the powerful means of sanctity we do have access to right now. Thanks to our Lord's great goodness, we have the weapons and armor we need to fight the good fight. We have we have our lady, the saints, and the angels on our side to keep evil at bay and to overcome it. Thanks be to God. The tradition liturgy is making a comeback in spite of everything you've done to abolish it, and thanks to Pope Benedict XV, it is now every Catholic's right to have access the Holy Mass, Baptism and Confirmation, Confession and Extreme Unction and Weddings and Funerals in the Extraordinary Form or Usus Antiquor. We have this treasure now to learn about, promote, give to our children and pass on to a healthier and more traditional church of the future. By the way, a new tab book just came out, uh, Why Young Catholics Are Going to the Traditional Mass. It just came out this week. Uh, and and uh, a, a bunch of young, Tim Gordon and his wife are the first ones, chapter one and two. It's like a surprise by truth. It's it's young Catholics, young adult Catholics and why they have discovered tradition and what attracts them to the Latin mass. Uh, it just came out this week by by 10 books. Ruben? Nice.
1: That's uh, you know, um, he um, he he lives, leaves a uh, goes back to t- Professor Thomas Pink, where he quoted in the book and in, in that uh, where he he's citing that the, the what professor pink said he says the new rite contains not an exorcism of the devil here and now from the this child to be baptized but a sort of recollection of the grandiose purging of evil done by christ in his incarnation it is more the memorializing of the driving out of satan than the actualizing of his of his being driven out that's the the different he's saying that's basically the comparison of two it's 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 sort of recollection of the grandiose purging of evil done by Christ and in his incarnation, uh, as opposed as is more. Dem-
2: yeah, but it's also an ongoing event. So that's um, what Dr. Kosniewski is saying. Yeah. It's just not a past event. It's an ongoing event. And, uh, and the, the older right, the language also is present tense, which is important. It's important. Precision is important in prayer.
1: Right, yeah. Father uh, Chad talked about that this weekend too.
2: Yeah, and he quotes St. Thomas Aquinas on that: precision <laughs> is important. And we quote Jesus: "Why, ask and you'll receive." Okay, if if you need some, or the Lord wants you to ask, but but somebody will say, St. Faustina said to Jesus one day, "She said, Lord, you know everything. Why do I have to ask you?" Uh, our Lord told St. Faustina the diary: "He says, I know I know everything, but I love when you ask me because I like to hear you come." from your heart like a child it pleases me to hear what you want like a child from your yeah. heart of course he knows everything we need he told say faustina yeah but he says but you're my child and it pleases me to hear the desires of your heart and so precision is everything in prayer especially in spiritual warfare
1: yep you're right um i think uh we, we learned a lot this weekend and um you know I, one of the things that i you're t- we're talking about precision, you know, and, and they made a comment. I think Kyle Clement made a comment about when you're praying for a family member that's fallen away from the faith. And uh, I, it was just it was so touching. And uh, it's, um, it's 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 more like um, may the light of Christ shine upon so and so that uh,
2: it's called the light of Christ prayer. We'll do it next week. Ruben. Okay. We'll, we'll do it. the, the okay. show on it. You'll, you'll love it. Yeah, because it's a good way to. Pray a pr- property for the conversion of a family member or a yeah. friend.
1: And, ju- and just the, the uh, he mentioned that, uh, you know, you want to ask our Lord for the person you're praying for. So they that they see they see themselves as Christ sees them. That's it. And Amen. then we see them as Christ sees them and that they accept all the teachings of the, of the Roman Catholic Church. Uh,
2: yeah, it's a beautiful uh, prayer. We'll, we'll do it next time. We'll do it on Tuesday. OK, and we'll, and we'll go through. We'll, we'll slice it and dice it.
1: Oh, dokie, Let's do it! And um, yeah, well, we come to another end of the show, Jesse. Time. Flies.
2: Yeah, I thought I thought that was a good stuff. That athlete inspired me. God bless him. Uh, God gives him many years of health. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doctor inspired me, Ruben. Uh, sticking up for us, uh, putting his, his uh, de- degree and credentials on the line, and uh, and again, uh, the sacrament of baptism in both rites. It's a minor exorcism. Yeah. And it's because it's done by the person of Christ, despite human frailty. Up next, Gary Machuto, Hands-On Apologetics, coming to you from the Midwest Command Center. These two ex-cops, we are EOW. We are out. End of watch.
1: Ten seven.